Good morning, and welcome to Today in Putnam County, hosted by Putnam County Mayor Randy Porter, the show that takes a look at the events and what's happening all around Putnam County, as well as interviews with local, community, and business leaders. And now, sharing his insights and experience, here's Today in Putnam County with County Mayor Randy Porter. Thanks, Philip Gibbons. Thank you for joining us today. Hope you're having a great weekend. Hey, fall weather's here. It's that time of the year. We have a great show for you this week. This week's show is all about one of our, I think, the busiest offices we have in county government, and that's the Circuit Court Clerk's Office. My guest this week is our elected official over that office, Miss Jennifer Wilson. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning. Thanks for being on the show. Well, thanks for having me. I always enjoy my time with you. Absolutely. We have a great team, work good together. Uh, you're in your second term. That's right. Got the first year of your second term in, ran unopposed last time. I did. I was really fortunate. You know, time seems like it's flying by. I always uh, recommend everybody to run unopposed. Don't you think that's the best way to <laughs> I run? I think that's absolutely the way to go. <laughs> uh, so we're going to talk about your office. A lot of things go on on a day-to-day basis in the circuit court clerk's office. Lots of things that that office takes care of. But let me just ask you, with being five years just finished in the office, what's the if you had to pick one thing out, if something that you thought that uh, that you knew about the office but you really didn't that's been kind of surprising to you is there is there one thing you can pick out you just say that I really didn't know this happened in this office well I'll start off by saying I've been in the criminal justice system for over 25 years so I I you felt pretty like well I, knew. Yeah, well I thought I had a grip yeah. on it but so it's an interesting question because there's really a lot different than what I thought even though I had been around for a really long time um, it's very it's very different on the other side being in the clerk's office. So I had an understanding of what they did, the filing of the orders, but I really did not comprehend the, the vastness of what that office entails and what they're doing. So I've been really fortunate. I've learned a lot from the folks that are in that office and the people who are working with me and the other elected officials. So uh, it's been a good run. I've enjoyed it. You got a good crew there. You got a good crew of girls that, or ladies uh-huh. that, uh, that and that one man now. We have you actually, got one man yeah, now. We have one so. man inside the clerk's office. And of course, well, uh, Poor thing. He's outnumbered <laughs> dramatically. He? he is, but I think he handles it fairly well. Well, good for him. That is great. So let's talk about the clerk's office and what it actually does. I think there's a lot of people, they may never have to actually physically touch your office uh, unless they're in a lawsuit or break the law or something like that. So mm-hmm. let's kind of go over uh, what all that office covers and and uh, the day-to-day duties that you have to worry about. So the office really, by statute, is responsible for, you know, about five things. And it says that the circuit court clerk's office will facilitate the court dockets. You know, you manage all of the court records. We are the official record keeper of the actual court record. And then we're going to manage jury duty, and we will collect the court cost and the fines and fees, right? So that sounds like, well, that's pretty simple. It's not really a lot. <laughs> but those things are actually really, they're really large undertaking. There's a lot that happens with those five things. A lot of court cases in there. Yeah. So we accept all the filings of any sort of petition of how a case gets started. And then, of course, any subsequent motions or petitions or filings that are associated with those cases. We handle um, facilitating jury duty. And we do that about seven times a year, summonsing in new jurors and coordinating their service. Working Hundreds with them. of people at a time, right? Thousands. Yeah. Thousands. So thousands each year that we summons in. It's a lot. Uh, it really is a lot. And we're very fortunate. We have some wonderful judges who work so hard to try to to help make things better for our jurors and so that 
makes my job much easier. But, you know, also coordinating those records and things, you know, the court systems have kind of sort of been outdated for years. Yeah. And um, technology's coming around, and that was one of the things I said in the beginning. I really wanted to focus on technology bringing us into this century. Yeah. And so we've focused a lot on that, getting our records digital uh, and doing that and being able to house those things in a digital capacity and sending them out. That was a big project, though, wasn't it? It is. We're not completely yeah. finished, but we are fa- just in a much better position. I think we are have made it back to 2009, maybe 2010. So well, that, that's a lot. That's a lot. And when you when you think of all the judges and all the courts and all the court cases, I mean, you have a person that goes to every court. That's right. They're having court. Mm-hmm. You've got somebody in there that's recording everything that's happening in that court, keeping up with all the documents, making sure they're kept on that case and make sure the judge has got all the information. I mean, you, you start thinking of, what, two general sessions judges? There are two general sessions judges, and then we have three. We just got a new judge. New judge. Yeah, let's that's talk right. about that. Okay. So, uh, Sean Fry. That's right. He just recently got received the appointment by Governor Lee. We're really excited to have him. Um, this was, I believe, his first week out there. He's already sat on the bench and heard a few cases. They, I mean, they talk about trial by fire. They just stuck him in there. But he, he's actually, he's great. He's been a practicing attorney for he a has. long time, so he's going to do a good job. I was talking to him the other night at a, an event we were at, and uh, he had just been to his first, he sat on the bench the first time, and uh, Judge McKenzie was helping him, and he said, you know, he said, I had these documents to sign, and he said, I'm used to signing over on the attorney's <laughs> side, and he said, I looked, and I said, Hey, somebody's already signed this. And then, then he said it hit me. Whoop, wait a minute. I've got to sign on the judge's side. But, uh, yeah, Sean's got years and years of experience uh, as a, uh attorney here locally and, and covered a lot of cases and uh, and governor appointed him. The only bad thing about that is he got appointed, but he has to run now next That's year right. for in the election, right? That's right. So that, that appointment is uh, for a short term, and so that they will have on this next election cycle, he will be on the ballot. I haven't heard of names out there yet there may be opponents i don't know but yeah. um you know so we'll see what happens there in that term but for for now until that new election cycle runs in he he's going to be our third criminal, criminal court, court judge. judge so yeah. he'll he'll have to run in may in the primary and august in the general is that right i believe right? that's right yes it's yeah. on the same cycle that the uh property assessors on well and our primary is going to be in march because it's a presidential election so it'd be march in august right. and uh, it will. Then once he's there, though, then he's in for, what, six, seven years? So this term, then he will go on the same schedule as the other elected judges. So I think that they just ran in 2022. So So they're they're seated for eight-year terms. 2030 so mm. he'd, he'd be in for a while well congratulations sean we uh, we're glad you got chosen and that gives you three criminal court judges then you've also got ron thurman which is the what we call him the chancellor, chancellor right that's right now chancellor thurman i love him he's wonderful um but he's actually the only judge that i don't um facilitate their dockets for miss right. linda reader does his dockets um, but i handle all the other courts some from time to time we've had some cases in front of him where he's sat on something um another judge has maybe recuse themselves for something and he's heard so we, we've gotten the opportunity to do that but so the circuit level civil judges that I see Judge Caroline Knight right. uh, and Judge William Ridley they both just got elected this last, last previous time. cycle yeah. and then you know we have uh, you mentioned this earlier to General Sessions judges Judge Stephen Randolph and Judge uh, Steve Qualls yeah so we got we have a lot of judges we a lot yeah. of court in Putnam County we, we do a lot 
And and we've been talking about this. We looked at when the jail edition is finished, we've got to do something with the courtrooms and your your offices and Linda's offices because you're out of space. That Justice Center was built back in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just like the jail, we've outgrown it with all these new judges. We've got a lot more judges now. you got to have the court space. You've got to have room for, as, you, as time goes on, having to hire more employees. So we're going to be looking at that. It, it gets crazy over there, mm-hmm. doesn't it, when you got multiple courts going on in the same day? It does. And I think if you're not in it, you sort of you don't know that that's happening but there's really not a day that there are not multiple courts going on and I so I try to convey this to folks in the community that you know we're having so much court you here's how you put it in perspective we have five courtrooms that are currently operational inside the justice center and I think we have eight judges so I don't know how we're gonna manage there are multiple courts going on even in the same you know one court will finish up and then he will that judge will come off the bench and another court will come right in behind him in that same courtroom so they're juggling really a lot it's a lot going on in that building, and they're busting at the seams. Busy place. You yeah. run, it's a busy office over there. Hey, we're talking with Jennifer Wilkerson. She is our circuit court clerk. We're talking about that office and all the things going on in Putnam County when it comes to the courts and the circuit court clerk's office. We need to talk about and warn folks, though. There's a scam going around right now that we need to warn folks about. Tell us about that. There is. Um, you know, I've actually had a lot of phone calls. Uh, a lot of folks have come to see me. They're, they're upset and nervous because they have been receiving phone calls for people saying that they've missed jury duty and there's a warrant out for their arrest and sometimes they're asking for money sometimes they're asking for other them to verify information and, and I just wanted to get that word out to folks is we don't call you about missing jury not, duty yeah. <laughs> if you miss jury duty we're going to try to work that out we're going to talk with you and we'll try we'll make everything uh make it possible to try to help you do the best that we can but we don't call you about that um if there's to the point that we you know we need to do something we're going to see send some folks out to see you we'll, we'll work through whatever we need to yeah. but we're not going to call you about that and ask for money because you missed it no that's right yeah. um so there is a law and people oftentimes say, well, you know, I was afraid that I got a fine or I had gotten assessed. Some. Even if you were to be assessed a fine, you would go in front of a judge first. Right. You would be talking. So so I just want to clear that up. We're not going to call you about missing jury duty. Uh, you can call me. We'll talk about it. Call my office uh, and I'll help you navigate that and work through it. The thing I think that worries people the most is they're actually using local officers' names. They're using names of folks that are in this area for the deputies. They're able to give information about the stuff here locally. So what I would say say is, first of all, we're never going to ask you to verify information. We already have that information, right. so we're not going to need you to verify it. If you have any questions, come to my office. We'll talk through it or call me on the phone. And we'll Yeah, if you get these calls from these folks and you feel uncomfortable about it, tell them that, that you, you're going to call the circuit court clerk's office or you're going to call the sheriff's office for them to give you their phone number and you'll call them back after you've done that. You're probably going to find out they're going to hang up on you. Call uh, because they're, they're never going to do that. And the world is full of scams anymore, isn't it? That's right. Folks trying to take folks' money, it just just blows my mind. And stealing identity is such a huge thing anymore. And so I think that that's a lot of what we're seeing, too, with folks. And they'll ask you to verify something or they're recording your answers if you say yes or no. So I think those are things to all be be mindful of. I would suggest just hanging up and calling my office yourself or coming to see me in person. And I've had quite a few folks do that recently. Yeah, never give them your Social Security number, uh, your date of birth. There's nobody going to be asking you for that kind of stuff. As Jennifer says, we've already got it. That's right. Uh, uh, so there's no need for that. So be very careful if someone calls you saying they're with Putnam County and they're trying to ask you for money or asking you for information. Uh, don't don't do anything. Don't give them anything. Uh, call Jennifer's office or call the sheriff's department or the police department and check with them to see if it's actually legit before you do anything. Jennifer, you started a uh, a new 
I guess you call it debt collection. Judges put fines on folks by state law. They do. And what people don't recognize is that some of that is uh, a lot of the judges have placed a fine there, but some of that is not in their discretion. It is court some, costs, that's that right. kind of thing? The court costs are taxes and fees that are assessed by the state of Tennessee. Right. They're just collected through the court. The fines, some of those are mandatory by state law, so a judge doesn't, doesn't necessarily, have a choice. Yeah, he doesn't have yeah. a choice in some of those. Now, I think, I don't know too much about, you know, what qualifies, what he can waive or not waive, and that's not necessarily what I get into. Those are legal questions for them, but, but again, that's what people misunderstand is that there's differences. You have taxes that are assessed for litigation. Those, again, Again, the state says that. And then you have these court costs that are there. Those are, again, assessed by the state of Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, so it's not really our local judges that are doing that. They're, the local judges are typically hearing the facts of the case and making decisions about, you know, making sure the rules are followed and that um, people are receiving the types of sentencing or punishment that fits within the, go- the guidelines of the law. And that's been, and sometimes they get caught kind of in a trap. You get somebody that's been in jail, they have all these fines, and then they get out and they do something else and they're back in jail with all these fines. But a lot of these fines go back quite 20 years or something? Yes. That um, people haven't paid them? Yeah. And so I think that you asked me earlier what was one of the things that you thought uh, you didn't realize in this office. I really did not realize what a role that the clerk's office played in collecting Correct. those fines and fees. And by statute, that's one of the larger responsibilities that we have is that you are a debt collector. And I, I think you look at it in the sense that these fines, these fees, they, they go to a lot of different places. Not all of that money. Actually, a very small percentage of that actually stays here in Putnam that's County. That's right. So it was surprising to me to see what a role the clerk played in collecting those fines and fees. And when you took a look, one of the first things I wanted to do when I found out that was part of our role was to take a look and see how much debt's out there. And I about fell over. It was over $200 million in wow. criminal court, outstanding criminal court debt. That's been built up over 20 years. For over 20 years, right? years. Yeah. yeah. And and I guess if you think about that, right, you talk about people who have sort of cycles of crime that they're yeah. going through. Uh, and then you have just a lot of traffic tickets where people are moving from city to city and they Maybe didn't know. moved out of state, fine. didn't right. even know, yeah. So if you didn't, currently what was happening prior was you just sort of relied on people to show up in their good faith that they were going to do what they could to pay and if they didn't show up then you know there wasn't really a lot there had been smaller amounts of efforts to try to uh, work with people and collect those debts so we've started working on that we try to figure out what we're going to do well and there has to be a penalty for crime yeah I mean, if you commit a crime, it's not just whether you serve jail time or not it's not just where it goes in your record or not there are fines and penalties that if there's not a penalty for doing something wrong, then you wind up with lawlessness and, mm-hmm. you know, that's bad for our society. Well, I think one thing that you have to take a look at it in the sense, too, or the way that I look at that, and I guess this is from my perspective as the clerk, is that the criminal justice system is extremely expensive to operate. It is. You know, when we talked about thousands of folks that are coming through that door every day, uh, we have eight judges courts going on in every court there's you know just a massive amount of money and then housing people in in uh, jail incarcerating them costs a lot of money it does the studies i think they showed that last study it was like over 66 dollars a day a day yeah. to house one inmate we talked to we had a uh the commissioner that's over the correction facilities in the state said they were they estimated about 70 dollars a day yeah. and if these people don't pay their fines and their court costs the regular taxpayers out here that haven't committed any crimes mm-hmm. wind up having to foot that bill and that's not right is it it's right that's exactly the the stance that i took on it is that um you know i don't want to take food off of someone's table no and i certainly 
you don't want to hinder their family or their children or any of those things. And so that's not our goal. We're going to try to work with folks and do the best that we can. And and we're actually being pretty successful with that. But the goal was, if I don't do a good job of collecting those fees or trying to do the best that I can to do that, then the taxpayers are going to be faced with that burden because that money to pay for the criminal justice system has to come from somewhere. Yes. It's so, going to come from the taxpayers right. if it doesn't. So, well, you're doing a great job with that and trying to go back and, and collect all this bad debt. That's a It's a big undertaking, but it's going to be good for the county. Well, the thank you. Run. I appreciate that. You know, we. so again, I think you were probably there, you were there when I spoke with the county commission and earlier in few months ago, we decided we were going to do an in-house debt collection yeah. effort. So we've now gotten our staff together. Those folks have started um, putting their protocol together of how they're working on it. In the first few months, we collected already in just the old debt. Now, this is not anything that's new, yeah. or, um, that current filings. In just that old debt, they were able to collect about $100,000. Just to, in a just matter of just a few months. In just a matter months. of a few months. Yeah. For various reasons, right? Some of the folks didn't know that that debt was there. Yeah. They literally had no idea that that was there. Some folks had moved away and we had lost contact. And, uh, you know, some folks had been in prison or had been somewhere for a long time. And so we had to step back, look at each situation and say, how are we going to handle this? And some of that, it's it's a matter of setting a payment based off of what that person can afford, yeah. looking at their income and their expenses and saying, what can you reasonably uh, afford and how do we get this whittled down? the best for you. Sometimes we had to, we had defendants who had passed away and that debt was hanging out there and we had to say, okay, look, this yeah. is not collectible. That right. person is no longer alive. We also had some cases where we could take some settlements that we were able to look at something and say, okay, this just makes sense because this person has made some efforts. They've made a substantial effort yeah. to take care of it and it's been hanging forever. I think probably some of it too for me was really, really rewarding. I had a lady who came up to the office last last month and she's living solely off SSI Mm. and you hear these stories and she said you know her her case was just really pitiful she drawn eleven hundred dollars a month wow and so she's can you imagine with rent nowadays the way it is Mm -mm. uh and house payments yeah so she's really struggling and she said you know I can't pay these debts off so we talked about let's let's go through and help you figure out she's she said the thing is that in order to get where i need to go i have to have my driver's license yeah and without the driver's license they're not going to let me have my license back while i still owe court costs right i said well that's not exactly true let me help you figure this out so we were able to help her get her driver's license back get on a payment plan that she can afford something and again you're talking about very limited income yeah and i told her if you you work through this Let's see where we can go in a few months. We'll evaluate it and see if you can qualify for some of those, um, some of the things that we talked about, about yeah. taking some settlements. So you have some cases that you work on that are really rewarding. Those are the Randy Porter. This week's show is all about a circuit court clerk's office, which is a large office. I think probably the busiest, toughest office that we have in county government. They handle a lot of all the court case dockets and, and filings and paperwork and jury and, and all this kind of stuff, uh, warrants. Uh, it's just unbelievable all the things that this office does. And we're talking with Jennifer Wilkerson. She's a circuit court clerk. Talks about a lot of things, Jennifer. You've got a new phone out that I actually got to test with you that I think is absolutely amazing. Thank you. Tell us about that. So I, I am super excited about this. We spent some time working in the last little bit. One of the goals that I had when I very first came in is how do we make our office more accessible to the people, to the public? Uh, and push the information out there, right? Because we live in such a large world, right? We're increasing our population all the time drastically Mm -hmm. and so it's it's incredibly hard to stay on top of that and be able to get that information out so we looked into it over 80 percent of the people have a smartphone yeah 
right? And yeah. so we worked with uh, some vendors and we were able to launch our app. It just launched last week. It's, it's now available in the Google Play and the Apple Store. I'm super excited about this. But that app will increase our office's accessibility, right? Um, It provides us additional ways for us to be able to uh, push that information out to folks. So people can look right from their smartphone. They can see access those court dockets um, in every court that we have. Those are out there. They're able to pay on their case straight from the app. They're able to be able to look up any case information they have. Attorneys are able to log into our system from that and uh, access their case information that they have in there. And then there's another feature on there for just our jurors. And so we're going to be able to start communicating with our jurors and pushing that information out to them about trials through that app as well. Oh, that is great. Like you said, thousands of folks in a year, jury duty selection and all that, and you have all these people. And even if they get selected on a jury, there's no guarantee they'll ever have to come and serve on that jury. So they may be scheduled for this date and time, and then the night before it gets Yes. Rescheduled, canceled, whatever. Mm-hmm. And this gives you a way to get that notification. It does. Quick, and that's it's crucial to be able to get the information out there. I tell folks, this is the other thing. I think people worry so much about jury duty. Yeah. And in the older days, things were different. You know, people had to look on a website or they had to call a hotline. It was just really a lot of work for a juror. And this takes all that out. We can push all that information out to you. And I tell folks, don't worry about jury duty. We want you to carry on with your life just like it were normal. I'm going to be able to push out those dates to you and right. say, hey, look, this is a day that you could be prepared that you might come back. And what most people see is jury duty is really not as cumbersome as what it used to be. Most folks will come in on that initial day that they're being seated into a group. They may serve one day after that or on one trial. And some folks look up and don't have to serve on any trials. Those yeah. trials settle or uh, they get rescheduled. The judges that we have have really done a good job of trying to manage those those schedules. So if you go on the app store and do a search for what, Putnam County Circuit Court Clerk? Yes, Putnam County Circuit Court Clerk. Um, and of course, I have on our website, we'll be having a QR code where they can go and download it. We've got the QR codes at our uh, contact our office and we'll be happy to help you set it up. It's a neat app, folks. I got to play with it and test with it with Jennifer and I was amazed at all the stuff you could do on this app. Uh, and it, I think you'd uh, really benefit you. If you've got a court case going on or you're interested in the dockets or you get selected for a jury notice, uh, jury duty, uh, uh, it will really help you. Jennifer, you uh, you took over the judicial commissioners. Yes. Uh, but was that last year? I think it was. I think it was November of last year. So judicial commissioners, for folks that might not know, are folks that write warrants. That's right. So if you need a warrant on somebody or for some reason you come in, these judicial commissioners, mm-hmm. they hear your story and then they decide if there's been a law broken and they write the, That's the right. warrant. They'll, so on an, an individual assistant, they'll write out what's called a criminal summons. So that criminal summons would summons that person, that individual to come to court. If it's an officer that has witnessed a crime or has knowledge of that crime or who has thought that a crime has been committed and he's bringing his information, his affidavit to that judicial commissioner and that judicial commissioner will write the warrant. And that warrant is saying, look, there's probable cause that a crime has been committed. And then they're giving them uh, the authority to to take that person into custody. So you that now falls under your office, which on a day-to-day basis, Monday through Friday during business, Hours, your folks were writing these anyway, right? They were for years. The clerks inside there, the, the problem that we had, it was taking up about 20% of our time. And I know that doesn't really sound 
like a lot to the citizens, but 20% of the time that's really a, is a lot, that's a lot for one specific task. Um, so those judicial commissioners now that we have somebody around the clock all the time, they're taking those in the day and even in the evening. Those judicial commissioners also will take care of what's called orders of protection. When our Family Justice Center um, has some folks there that, that help write those as well, but the judicial commissioners could, if there is a specific situation where a family member or an intimate relationship of some sort where this person is in fear for their life and mm. they, they meet the criteria, they can come and, and get what's called an order of protection uh, and, or get that in front of a judge so that they can, um, you know, maintain their safety. Yeah, we're in a lot of crazy situations out there that happen anymore and uh, make sure these folks are, are staying safe. You know, I think about all the things that your, your office does and the list just keeps going on. You actually do passports too, right? <laughs> I do. And, you know, in the beginning I thought, what? Why are we doing passports? Again, that was one of those things that I didn't realize that the clerk did. Yeah. But it's actually, it's it's a service to the public and it's something that we, I don't even want to consider getting rid of, right? Because it's really something that so many folks use and need. And, there are not that many passport acceptance facilities around. A lot of folks in the outer line counties have gotten rid of that service. Yeah. So a lot of folks are traveling in from even other counties using that service here. And our we have specialized, trained individuals who will look through that and make sure that your information and your they're very particular. The feds are really particular about those applications. And so we kind of look through it, make sure that it meets the guidelines, and uh, we'll help you get everything you know put together, and then we'll send it off for you. And it's taken about 10 weeks, it's 8 to 10 weeks say it's not like it used to be where you get back in a couple of weeks. I mean, yeah. it's a long, drawn-out process now. They are. They are really, but they're looking at them very stringently and making sure that everything is in line. That's great. A few weeks. Jennifer, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having appreciate me. Appreciate you, the job that you do for Putnam County, and look forward to working with you in the future. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's always, it's a pleasure. Thank you. That's our show for this week, folks. Hope you join us every weekend for today in Putnam County here on all the Zimmer family of radio stations. I'm County Mayor Randy Porter. Hope you now have a great rest of your weekend, and may God continue to bless. Putnam County. You've been listening to Today in Putnam County, hosted by Putnam County Mayor Randy Porter.